Welcome to the A Little Better Podcast. My name is Daniel White, and this is week two of a series we're calling Trust Issues. We're taking a deeper dive into this past Sunday's message from our lead pastor, Drew Karshner, where we were in week two of a sermon series titled Against All Odds. We're looking at key figures in the Bible from the Old Testament. We're going all the way to the new, if you follow through this whole series, uh, where they were in these key moments in their life where they had to trust God. And it seemed like all the odds were stacked against them. Well, in this morning's conversation between myself, Drew, and Brad, we're going to be talking all things about how can we learn to trust God better? How can we know God better? And why is it so important that God is actually for his own glory? And the invitation for us is not, God, will you be on my team? But actually, can we be on God's team? His invitation to us is join his mission, join his team, and not our own. It's a very challenging conversation, and I hope you listen all the way to the end. If you're listening to us on the audio version of the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You can find us on Apple or Spotify podcast. And if you're watching us on the YouTube version, be sure to subscribe to the Northridge Rochester channel. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss a single episode episode or conversation because here on the Little Better Podcast, our mission is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, be a little better. If you have any question, comments, or thoughts, you can drop those. You can send us an email at podcast at northridgerochester.com. I hope that this strengthens you and challenges you to be a little better. Let's dive in. Welcome to the A Little Better Podcast, Trust Issues Part 2. Drew, how you feeling from Sunday? I feel good. It was a long weekend, right? Two messages back to back, but um, I'm feeling good, feeling strong. I feel like this series has started off well. I feel like it's hitting people right where it needs to be, so I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. How are, you, how are you guys feeling about it? I'm feeling uh-huh. great. Yeah. Love, love getting beat up every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Drew, those of uh, who may have not been at Sunday or still haven't missed that first couple of minutes of your message, you, you talked about the exciting things that have been happening outside of Sunday morning at Northridge. You want to give us a brief recap of those few things you hit? Yeah, I mean, Saturday night we had, you know, almost full house of people worshiping a young adults uh, conference with a, you know, a vertical worship kind of ending the charge. It's a great day. I just think it's really cool when young adults give up their Saturday where they can choose to do anything they want. And they're in, you know, a church building, worshiping the name of Jesus. I just, that's amazing. And I just even saw on Instagram, you know, groups start this week. So, Hey, if you're not in a group, remember you need to be in one. If you are, you're going to go and you're not going to check the box. So just remember those things. Um, I just see these young adults, they got group, they've got, they're literally playing games. They're diving in the community. And I just love the future of our, our church. We talked about middle school at Webster, right? 
37 kids, 12 new who to start, like how many youth pastors they do I have to start a youth ministry, 37 kids, right? That's awesome. So yeah. story. That's, reality. Just six, that's just six, seventh and eighth graders too. So that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They even and, had some uh, old people sneak into the house on Saturday night. So I got to see, I, I agree with you 100% true as a, you know, having four grown kids just to have a church that ministers to connects to is relevant to, um, so, you know, older generation, hugely encouraged because it's, you know, it's not about us. We want this to outlast us. Well, and to the older generation, I failed to mention this. So I apologize. Um, you only get, they only give me so much time just for the record. Um, we launched uh, a, actually a kind of a group that will minister to retirees. It's called Young and Free. Um, they had their first event on Saturday night, and I think they had about 20 people. So, hey, if you are part of that older generation, you are not left out at this church. There is a place for you. Yep. We need your wisdom. And there's a place where you can grow with people your age. It's called Young and Free. If you have any questions about it, reach out to Nate Miller or uh, Jan Armour. They'll get you all the details. Nice. That's incredible. I didn't, I didn't even know about that. That's awesome. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know either. So maybe I'll speed up my retirement plan. Brad, you just, come on, be honest, Brad. Did you just ignore the invitations? Did you just, you're like, I'm still young, baby. I'm still young. <laughs> oh man. I, I have a bad time keeping up with email. There's true confessions out here. So please, bro, please. Uh, that's thousands, incredible. thousands hitting me every week it seems so, oh man uh, i gotta unsubscribe from some pretty lame <laughs> I, and just for the record all the podcast people want to hear this yo did you see like cowboys pull that game off <laughs> uh, go baby Woo! you know you're gonna hear it on sunday let's go oh man well in 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 light of talking about trusting in something and uh, trusting in yourself, uh, we were talking before the podcast about um, just this question, Drew, you, t- you talked about how we trust in ourselves more than we trust God. And I would ask all of you guys about if you had a story about a time where you've trusted in yourself and it turned out where you looked dumb or it didn't turn out in your favor. Uh, Brad, you want to share that story with us? Well, I only, I only get to share one, right? Yeah. You only get one. You only get a few moments. We got to actually talk about important things after this. Yeah. I think, I think top of mind for me was leaving home at, you know, 18 and heading off to, uh, university and secular university. And I thought I was hot stuff. I mean, high school was easy. And I think I really did. I trusted in myself and it went badly. I failed two courses my freshman first, you know, freshman year, first semester. I would have failed a third had I answered another question wrong on a final. And the night before that final, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I, I was not, not on a wise path. I thought that stuff was going to be easy. It was not, I was humbled. And actually it's interesting because then my sophomore year, I decided to take a detour and I went to um, a, a Cedarville university, actually a Bible school, because I just wanted, you know, to really, you know, get a better you know, handle on my Christian life and some intentionality and then return to school. And I did finish up my engineering program, but freshman year was not, did not go out as, as I planned. Drew, can you say that uh, at nights in college, you were playing Dungeons and Dragons too, or 
Is that just Brad? I don't think Dura was a Dungeons and Dragons guy. I'm going to throw this out. I don't even know what Dungeons and Dragons is. So uh, I've heard of the term. Through. I've heard of the term. I can honestly well, say I don't well, actually know what it is. Well, that so. definitely this, didn't trust it, God. I mean, Dungeon yeah. what Christian would called play? Warcraft, right? Is that like, is that kind of the same thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of like a digitized online incarnation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Dungeon Dragons, like the community group version, right? It's like face to face, you know, pencil and paper, rolling some dice around and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it does not, no, that was definitely not trusting in God. <laughs> you know, speaking what? of trusting in God, like it's been really cool uh, to see how many people I've talked to who have just said, man, I, I needed this series, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you plan, right? And you hope and you, you, you lean on God and the spirit leading you when you write sermons, you come up with series, right? It's just really cool when God paves the way, you know, I've, I've talked to people who might be losing their job. I talked, uh, I got an email from somebody uh, yesterday that their, their husband was diagnosed with lung cancer. And so like mm-hmm. in those moments, it's so hard when fear, we're going to talk about this mm-hmm. week, fear comes in. It's so hard to trust God when then fear is overwhelming you. Right. And it's just been cool to see how the spirit of God is working in people and he's doing things that we can't do. Right. You you preach a message and you pray that that it works, but God is just using uh, some of these stories and it's been cool to hear. Yeah, absolutely. One of, one of your points Drew, in your message was learning to recognize God, like recognizing God's like who he is and his place in our lives. And the question was really brought to my mind. um, And even you, you brought it up of in the planning, we just lean on God. We trust his voice and his direction. Um, What are some ways that we can learn when it is God's voice speaking to us in our lives that he is nudging us and it may not be like a logical decision. Like you, you talked about like somebody saying, They may need to step away from their job. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. Especially if you don't have something lined up after, um, like how can we learn when to listen to God's voice in our lives? What are some ways that we can do that? I'm glad Drew's answering this question. Uh, Well, I think it's a lot of things. I don't think it's just one thing. I think there's a lot of things that you can do to help you with that. One, you got to get familiar with God's voice, Mm. right? So it's spending time with him. It's reading his Bible, knowing what his voice will say and what his voice won't say. I think those are huge guardrails. Like God's not going to call you to do something that goes against what he says in his word, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to get familiar with his voice. And I feel like the more you listen to his voice, the easier it is to hear his voice. But also, I think this is where community groups play a huge role. Like ask somebody, right? Hey, I feel like God's leading me to this. What do you think, right? You're a godly man or a godly woman. Speak into what I'm thinking I'm going to decide on, right? So you got, you know, the scriptures, you got prayer. You got to get familiar with God's voice. You got the people of God to help you navigate decisions, right? There has been times, you know, you see on the news, people say, God told me to do this. Yeah. If they had friends that were godly people that they asked, they probably would have been like, dude, you're crazy. God's not calling you to do this. And don't get me wrong. There are times where God calls you to crazy, right? Build an ark. And there are times where you got to, hey, this is what God's called me to do. And I've, I've dug and I've took, taken the time to, to, to listen. And I know this is God's voice. 
but that comes over a time of walking with God. That doesn't happen yeah. like the first time God speaks to you. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, so I think there's a lot of things that you can do to protect yourself from yourself yeah. and your emotions, your gut, your, you know, your logic. Right. But at the end of the day, you got to know God's voice. Yeah, that's good. I, I've heard it said before, like it learn the process of making decisions or the, the process of like leaning into God and don't, don't worry about so much of that mountaintop moment of like, now it's time to make the decision. Because once you get to that place, if you've had that sound pattern of just that process of making decisions, because even if we just, if we look at Jesus's life, every time there was like this pivotal moment, you know, he got alone with the father before he chose the 12, before he went and did ministry, he was, he was in this pattern of being with the father, being in this yeah. dependence upon the father. So he had this pattern in his life. And when pivotal moments came, he was able to make the decision that followed what God, the father wanted for his life. And, and that's exactly what you're saying. It's like, we need this pattern in our life. It's not just when everything comes down and it's like, Oh no, I got to make a decision in my life. I better go to God now. It's, it's yeah. more of this every day in and out, like being with the father, least leaning on him, listening to his voice and, and learning what it, what it would say, because he's never going to point us in a direction that goes against his word and his will. But you, you were absolutely right in the sense of there's a lot of people that do things and make decisions in God's name. Right. Well, I think one of my fears for this series, too, as we look through each person, like we're talking about big moments in their life. Mm, yeah. But if you study these guys deeper, right, you'll see a history of them obeying God in the small things before they ever got to the, the big things. Like, let's go back to Noah, right? It said when it described Noah, he was righteous. He walked faithfully with God, right? And so many people think God only speaks to us when he needs us to build an ark for a huge mm, flood. No, yeah. God speaks to us in the small things before he ever really gives us a big thing. Because if he can't trust us with the small things, why is he going to ask us for the big things? And so I, I'm afraid that some people hear the series like, okay, I got to listen for God's voice for him to do something dramatic in my life. No, no, no. Do the little things. Trust God with the little things, the little like, hey, obey me here, right? Obey yeah. me in your marriage. Obey me in, in this choice at work. And, and you might get to the point where he, you got to build an ark, but that might never come, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing for Joshua. I, I don't know exactly how many years he was second fiddle to Moses, but like, you know, Moses took him along on every journey, like that mountaintop moment, getting the 10 commandments, like Joshua is hidden in the cleft of the rock. And like, he's just with Moses and these key leadership things of just walking beside him, having, you know, very little leadership pressure because it's like, Hey, it's Moses. Moses is the guy. like, I'm just back here. And then it's Joshua's turn years and years later um, mm. in that moment. And so he had a history of, of being close and, and walking close to God and godly people like Moses, um, which led him in that moment. That's so good. I was thinking about this too. Like maybe you guys can think about this. I was thinking about like in my life, what are the little things mm. that I don't, I don't trust God in, right? Where I don't. Okay, Drew, start back. 
Yeah. And, I, and I, you, I, you, I, you paused at what are the little things and then it cut. So we, you can just pick up and go. For okay. I, for the record, I just want everybody to understand this. I am literally sitting across this, like, like there's 50 feet from Dan, not even, there's probably like 12 feet between Daniel and I, and somehow that Wi-Fi hates me. It hates me in the church. It does. I had to move from my office. Scott, if you wonder why I'm in, in your office, it's because I'm, I'm trying to find the Wi-Fi that is escaping me. Anyway, I, back I, to the question. I just thought you were there because those books made you look smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a lot more than Phil. that, right? So my question was, right, like, okay, we often jump to the big things, but like, I think we got to start with the little things. What, like, what are the little areas of my life that I don't trust God, right? Where mm-hmm. I, I, I compromise, where I take corners, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that 100%. That's by far the bigger challenge, right? And uh, yeah, it's a marathon. Yep. Yeah. And that leads us into like, in, in that trust, it goes back to your question of logic or gut, right? Do we logic our way around the trusting God in those little areas? Or do we just like, are we um, subject to our guts of our emotions of it's just when we feel it, we do it. Uh, and we don't even think, think about that. Where, where do you guys land in that? Like you talk, you preached it, Drew, but you didn't share like, oh, I'm a hundred percent gut guy, or I'm a hundred percent, you know, logic. W- what are you? I think most people probably realize I'm a, I'm a gut guy, right? <laughs> I'm a, I'm the guy who hears the worship song and I'm like, let's go. I'm storming the gates of hell. And God, God's like, whoa, slow down, bro. Easy, yeah. easy. Right. You need me. That's my problem. Right. Like, I think I got this. Yeah. Like, I'm ready. I'm willing. And God's like, hold on. You're, you've gone without me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brad, what I, about wonder, you? I, I, I thought a lot about this when you're asking me. So I'll be wishy-washy about it. I think there's times that I'm both, but I also wondered if it was a function of age, you know, where it's just like younger people, especially new believers right on fire for God. You know, it's easy to let that gut, you know, there's so many mountaintop experiences and charge the hill, you know, kind of thing. And then you get older and you get jaded and cynical, and then you use logic, you know, as an excuse to uh, just discount um, all that enthusiasm around you. So it's, that's that danger, you know, for me is to overanalyze and get logical about it and paralysis, you know, from analysis. So I would probably say, I certainly remember lots of gut, especially young, you know, just, uh, you know, making big decisions, um, changing schools because I thought that was obedience to God and those sorts of things. But I do, I know the danger for me is to be a little too cynical, a little too logic, logical um, as I get older. Mm, that's good. Daniel, that's, what about you? See, I've thought about this and, and I think I, I'm a, I'm, I am a logical person in the sense of I like making plans and I'm a planner, but when it comes down to like making decisions, I, I just, I, I'm a gut person. I go off my feeling. I'm like, I got this. I know, I know the answer. I, and people ask me, well, well, how do you know? It's like, I just know. I just, I just, I just know. And um, in, in those big pivotal moments, I, I need to slow down. I have to force myself to slow down, to lean on God, making sure I'm not going in. I'm not going to be the guy that's, that's blamed for 
being delayed in my response. I'm the early adopter on everything. Uh, you know, it's like I, I've got the guy that's the Kickstarter. It's of the new whatever. It's like, oh, I'm an early adopter in that sense of I, I claim the fame in that regard. So I didn't get I didn't have time to get into this, but I, I you know, when you think about these two people, right, you got your, your gut person and your logic person. I think the struggles right, are, are different when it comes to certain things in the way. So like, if I look at the story of Joshua, I think the logic person just struggles with the plan, right? Like, mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense logically, right? Walls don't fall down, right? Like, so their struggle is a lack of faith, right? So like, I think most logic people, if God called them to the impossible, would they believe it, right? Yeah. But then on the other hand, there's me, people like me, who are like, once God said like, yo, I've already delivered in your hands. I'm, I'm already running and, and fighting the battle. It's like waiting on God for direction because yeah. my emotions have already led me. And like, I'll do things in the name of God when God's like, I never told you to do that. Yeah, That was your emotions. And so there's this, you know, each people struggle really with the same thing, but it, it looks uh, it, yeah. and they attack it differently. Yeah, cause me, I'd be shouting on the second trip around the walls. You know, I'd be, I wouldn't wait till there's. He said, he said, shout. I'm shouting. Here we go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, well, cool. In, in that moment of you know talking about the walls of Jericho, that story with Joshua, um, and and that pivotal encounter. You know, we 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 know the story. Uh, if you grew up in church about the walls of Jericho and it's like a miraculous story, it's kind of like one of those children's Bible stories that we, we say a lot, but we don't talk a lot about the encounter that Joshua had leading up to his leadership moment that he's you know made famous for in air quotes. Uh, and, and you talked about that where he met with the commander of the army of Lord. And you had some good stuff on this, Drew, that um, this, this, you can find this in Joshua 5, 13 and 14. You shared those passages. Uh, but talk about that moment where Joshua encountered um, the, the angel or the, the person who looked like a man in, in front of him. Yeah, I think this is the coolest part of the story because for me, like, this could be Jesus, right? So that just elevates it. Like the commander of the Lord's army, he's worshiped. So it's God. We know it's God. So it, what, what part of the Trinity is it? it? I think the easy assumption is Jesus, right? Is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I get pumped when Jesus shows up in the Old Testament, right? Like, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. let's go. Let, let's do this. But I think there's a, a couple, like, amazing things that happen here. One, I read a lot in, in theological the theological world that a lot of scholars believe, not a lot, so some scholars believe that in this moment, Joshua steps out of the natural world and sees the supernatural world. Hmm. So what they're saying is like the army and the nation of Israel did not see this, this, this commander of the Lord's army, only Joshua, Joshua was privy to it. And so Joshua sees the commander of the Lord's army. He says, I have now come. Why, why is, why is he showing up? Because he's going to take down the walls of Jericho. Right. Hmm. So the shout, the, the march around was just a trust issue for Joshua as the leader And the commander of the Lord's army and his army took the walls down, right? And so it's pretty cool how some scholars believe that. But I just think it's a super amazing part of the story that we never look at. Mm, That's good. And and remind us, those who may haven't listened to 
the sermon yet. Why, why do we know or what conclusions lead us to say like, oh, that's Jesus. That's not an angel. Yeah, I just Joshua's response to once he recognized who this person was, he worshiped him. So obviously the scriptures make it clear we don't worship angels. Right. And then he says, you're on holy ground. Right. Who creates holy ground? Only God does. Right. And yeah. so we know this is God. We, we know this is his presence. This is the same you know, thing that, you know, he said to Moses when he called him. And so, again, there's this kind of similarity between Joshua and Moses here where God's almost affirming you're my leader, too. Right. I need you to trust me. I, I'm trusting in you as the leader of the nation of Israel to trust me to take mm-hmm. care of the the the, the plan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love this part of the story in the sense of because it, it shows us that the boot, the Bible, I don't know what I was about to say, a, a B.O. for whatever reason, Boodle, the Bible, the, the, Google, the, <laughs> the Bible, it's a it's a supernatural book in the sense of it's it's a spiritual book. And in our world, the, the world that the Bible presents and even our modern world is a is a supernatural world where there are powers that we we can't see. And the, the struggle I think most uh, Americans or, or Westerners have is, is they are very logical or gut driven. It's like what we can see, what we can feel. We're very tangible. We're functional uh, in the sense of Gnostics in, in the sense of we've separated the, the times in that regard. And this story draws us back into this trust of we're, we're trusting that God is actually engaged in our lives and in our world, uh, because if he wasn't, then there would be no need to to like it would, it would be illogical to trust in him. If, if he's engaged in our world, and if he's active, then it makes perfect sense to, to lean on him, even when it doesn't make sense. I love how you just slipped Gnostic in there. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just drop that theological term right there and leave it. Yeah. Hey, you paid for that education. Better get something for it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, this is a guy who threw an incarnation in here earlier. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. think, about, think about this, too. <clears throat> this is something that I didn't say on Sunday, too. Think about how amazing God is as he slowly works with us, right? He could have easily just waited till Joshua got to Jericho and said, Hey, here's the plan. You got to trust me. Mm-hmm. But he shows up early, right? He yeah. shows up before he ever asked Joshua to do something crazy. And he gives him a glimpse of who he is. And I think that's really important for us to know is, is God is, is willing to earn our trust. He's in fact, he's already earned our trust, right? If you, yeah. you, you I'm going into you know, week three a little bit, but like the proof is already in the pudding with, with God. He laid his one and only son down for us. Right. And for Joshua, God goes and he, he meets Joshua right where he's at before he asks something. Why? I just think that's really important. And I think it shows us the trajectory of like getting to know God is really important in the journey of trusting God. And God's yeah. okay with that journey. He's okay. He's patient with your lack of trust because he wants a relationship with you. And he knows like, Hey, when you know me, you will trust me. Yeah. It's what are also some- God's individual dealing with each of us, right? That's what Joshua needed. That's how yeah. God coached Joshua through the journey. And so for me, I mean, if I need an encouragement, you know, things will happen, but 
if it's a matter of silence and trust, because I've got God's word, you know, yeah. it hasn't changed and mm. God doesn't need to speak, but he needs me to trust. Mm. You know, so yeah. it's just, it's a very individualized plan for each of us and yeah. how God carries us through. Yeah, for sure. In our, in our lives, God is dealing in his dealing with us. It's very um, almost tailored in some aspects, but what are some, you guys shared like reading scripture, but um, what are some ways that we can grow in our knowing who God is, because that's one of our recipes for growing in our trust. Uh, in the same way, Drew, you compared it to other, you know, worldly relationships, friendships, marriages. It's, you know, we, we don't throw all of our trust, you know, I'm sure you didn't with, with Ashley the first time you said like, I am, you have my full trust first time we meet. Um, it's the same with probably all of us, but it's in our growing relationship. What are those ways that we grow in our relationship with God, in, in knowing him? Hmm. I want to answer this question in two ways. I'm going to talk to first, like the spiritually mature, and I'm going to talk to the gut and the logic people, right? So for the spiritually mature logic person, I would say, let God stretch your faith, right? Mm -hmm. So take risks, right? Do things that don't make sense that you feel like God's calling you. I'll give some examples, right? Like generosity, I think is a, a way where mm -hmm. a logic person can stretch themselves and just like, man, give where it hurts, where it doesn't like this. I shouldn't like, and watch God provide, right? Like I've, I've, I've seen that in my life, right? Let, let your faith be stretched where it's not dependent on you making sense of a plan, but you believe mm -hmm. in God will come through when the plan doesn't make sense. Now for the gut person, I would challenge you to wait on God, right? So instead of rushing to something, make sure you have confirmation from God. And so for people like me, it's hard to wait on God when you, you're like, I think I should do this. I, you know, you need confirmation from God first. And then for the new believers, right? Get in God's word, right? Like it is amazing. And if you want to know God, there's no better way than reading his word to you, right? His revelation. Some of you are waiting for mm. God to speak to you. He's already <clears> spoken. <throat> you just got to read it. Yeah. So read it out loud. It. If you need to, you know, hear his word. <laughs> yeah. Or listen to it in the car ride. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. after you listen to our podcast, of course, right. Audio Bible play, right? <laughs> like spend a year, read the whole Bible. I'm telling you, that's how you get to know God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love it in the sense, Drew, I've heard you say one time, like a lot of what Westernized American Christians know all the theological jargon and information that they, you know, will need for their entire life. But what we need next is actually to activate our faith and active believing faith of actually going and, and doing, doing something. I love the way you answer that question, not just, we'll read your Bible more or pick up a systematic theology textbook, but Take that information that you know that is true about God and put it into work in your life. You know, be generous, be uh, full of hospitality, invite your neighbors over, right. like um, do the things that God, you know, God has asked us to do in his will and his calling for our lives is to be like him and do what he did. Um, and so let's, you know, put your faith into action and, and see how God works through the midst of it. So Daniel, your original question was about, what, how to grow in, I'm yeah, sorry. how to grow in, uh, knowing who God is. Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> so for me, you know, my life verses first Samuel 12, 24, but be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart for consider what great things he has done for you. 
So for me, it's just that dwelling. I mean, I have, I mean, I know, you know, people can keep journals of answered prayers, you know, yeah. just to look back and just to rehearse, you know, all the ways he has come through and, you know, and that's plural what he's done for you. So you can look around too. There's other people at Northridge and see all of their stories and just the, the things, the ways that God has come through and say, oh, I don't think he's going to stop coming through. He's going to yeah. continue coming through. And, and what he's done in the past is plenty sufficient, you know, for confidence mm. for the future. Right. I think that's an awesome point. This is one thing I've, I've, I've done really recently is just journal. And I have like a journal that says basically what prayer request has God answered. It asked me every day. And it's mm-hmm. interesting. Like I have to think through that because one of my points was God has a history, right? Yeah. And I just don't think, you know, as parents, as grandparents, we talk to our kids about the history of God's faithfulness, right? Mm -hmm. I want my kids to know, you know, hey, did you see what just happened? That that was God providing for us. That was, you know, like, I think as parents, as grandparents, we've got to, as a community group, right? I think this week as a community group, one thing you could do is just talk about how you've seen God be be faithful in your life, his history in your life, right? That we don't do that as Christians enough where we talk about the faithfulness of God, where we instill it. And we share stories with our kids of like, look what God has done and build that trust. A lot of trust is built just from the history that God has already done in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. We're almost blessing greedy in the sense of like, we, we we don't, we don't live in the current blessings because we're waiting on the next one yes. <laughs> of yeah. what God has done. And like when, if he stopped doing everything, he would still be worthy mm-hmm. of all of our worship because of how he's been faithful um, through our individual lives and holistically um, families, you know, and the history of humanity. He's been mm-hmm. faithful. Um, you know, Drew, one of the, my favorite parts of that passage that you highlighted on Sunday in, the, in Joshua 5 is Joshua's question to the commander of the Lord's army. And he says, are you on my team or the enemy's team? Um, and he said, neither. Um, because he points out that he asked the questions, are, are you on God's team, essentially? Uh, and the question prompted in my mind, you really laid that out very clearly. But um, the question prompted in my mind, why is it right? actually correct for God to be for his own team and not our team? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's because God, God is in it for his glory. Right. Mm. And he, that's what he's after, right. His will not even, we see Jesus at, at, right before he dies, right. God, I, not my will, but your will. I mean, you see, Jesus, who's God himself, like making that statement of like, I'm, I'm not, I'm Jesus even said, I'm not for myself, God, I'm for your will and your glory. And, you know, again, I think we want a genie in the bottle. We want God to, to come out of his lamp and say, Hey, here's what I want with my life. God, could you draw that up and make it good? And mm-hmm. that's how we pray, right? It's, it's, it's how we, we, God, I need this. God, I want that. I want, none of us are praying, God, I'd like to suffer, right, for the name of Jesus and for your glory, right? If that's what you have for me, mm-hmm. I, I want to bring you glory. So, yeah, because he's the only one who is perfect and holy and fully righteous. And so and it's a weird tension in the sense of to say that God is for his own glory, his yeah. own honor, his own. Because if any one of us did that, 
it would be sinful to self-promote and um in, in and that just regard. a bad idea yeah in a terrible I mean, idea I'm, I'm not smart enough to be captain of the team right i yeah I, he's got a much better plan Right. When we say we're after our own glory, that's selfishness. But when God says he's after his own glory, that's not selfishness, right? Those two things don't translate. Well, his glory is blessing us. Right. Exactly. And I, I, I often get to this place of just really, you know, trying, you know, submitting to God's glory and just saying, hey, whatever. I mean, if I burn up in his presence, I burn up in his presence. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get to tell God what to do and it's all about him. And if he wants me you know, poor, my house to burn down, whatever, you know, I mean, but then I read Psalm 103, where it's, I love that Psalm where it's just about, he heals all your diseases. And there's just, it's so full of blessings that God, God glorifies himself by what he accomplishes in us. Yeah. So it's, and, and that's good to trust that that's better than what we had planned for ourselves. Absolutely. Because if we actually live out the theme verse of this series of in all of our ways, we're submitting to God in all of our you know, desires and all of our actions and all of our intentions, then God will honor that. And I believe that's who mm-hmm. is in his character, who he is. But the problem is a lot of the time is we're not living that out are one of those ways is off either what we're doing why we're doing it or you know what we actually want we, we have ulterior motives and it's god working in our sinful hearts to cleanse them and purify them so that we can trust him with everything we are not lean on what makes sense to us and submit our ways to him if it doesn't turn out that way then we trust that his character and his track record He's got the best thing in mind for us. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line is we just don't believe God's glory is what's best for us. Right. Absolutely. You know, that like that's the trust issue. Right. At the end of the day, that's why we don't trust God fully is because we believe our glory will make us happier. And it's false. It's the biggest. it's, It's a great lie. If we give God glory, it's what's best for us. And we have to learn to trust that. Yeah. I, Daniel, I agree that that question was the one that I was talking about. I think it was two things that people were talking about after the sermon. We went out and I know this is true. We went out to lunch with friends afterwards, but uh, what is it? The haka? The haka. <laughs> what is that what it's called? <laughs> I mean, Jean Baxter could have written a term paper. She had, she had to, she she dove right into that and learned all about that. That was so amazing. And the other thing was that what team are you on? But I yeah. know that I I mean I've talked about submitting to God and I wish that was true all the time, but I slip into negotiation mode all the time. You know, it's God's yeah. plan plus or God's plan minus. It's just like uh, you know, God, let's 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 work on a win-win here. I mean, you get some of what you want, but uh, do I really have to make? Do I really have to give this up? Or I'm terrified He'll ask me to give up something. Mm. Um, and but to truly trust that whatever He wants is it's better than what I think I want. Uh, it's hard yeah. for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, this has been a great conversation in this regard, and I think the thing that we can leave off with is is our theme verse to trust in the lord with all of our hearts not lean on our own understanding and in all of our ways acknowledge god and he will make our paths straight drew what do you want us to know for this coming sunday 
Uh, we're just moving one book. So we're going to Judges. I won't tell you who we're talking about, but I, I'm going to talk about how God has already proven he's worthy of our trust. And another wall that gets in the way is a big old thing that we know so well, fear. So that's all I'll give you. Awesome. Well, we'll see you on Sunday and next week on A Little Better. 